teacher, our comforter. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to finish our um, skits with the ones that did not finish the skit. Who need to do a skit? I don't think it's a lot, right? Okay. Are y'all coming together with the skit, or are y'all doing them separately? Separate, you and Jamie? Okay, Kim, y'all can come up. Let me see, what are we going to eat today? See, I brought for groceries. We got a cube steak, a ground turkey. Hmm. I think I'm going to make some spaghetti. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's right, because we done been to the store. We got uh, everything to go in the spaghetti. Let me see. Let me put this stuff together. Let me see. Oh, I forgot the bell pepper. Jamie, Jamie, now where did he go? Jamie. Hey, sweetie. Hey, honey, can you go to the store for me and get some bell pepper? Sure. For the spaghetti. Okay, cooking spaghetti? Yeah. That's good. You make a great spaghetti. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So you just need bell pepper, right? Yeah, that's the only thing I love. Okay, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Positiveness. Yeah, that's okay. all. All right. I'll be back. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Let me see. Put some. Let's see. Oh, where's oregano? Oh, man, I forgot the oregano. Okay, I got some garlic powder. Oh, I forgot the garlic powder, too. Oh, good gracious. Well, I guess I'll just put up these dishes right now. <laughs> Why do he always stack my plastic with my glass? I like the glass with the glass and the plastic with the plastic. I keep telling him to stop doing that. Keep doing. Okay, let me make this spaghetti. Uh, let me call Jamie. I tell you, I hate to call him, but let me call him. Jamie. Hello. Honey, um, have you left the store yet? No, I'm I'm here right now, but I was just getting ready to call you to make sure before I left. Okay, I got the bell pepper. You sure there's nothing else you need? I just need you to get some um, oregano. Okay, so you need some oregano and a bell pepper, and that's it. Yes, can you hurry back? Sure. Okay, thank All right, bye-bye. Okay, let me fix this spaghetti up for the night. Yeah, it's taking him a long time to get back.
Let's see, we can eat off of this for two nights. And tomorrow I can cook some cube steak and gravy and cabbage and macaroni and cheese and some candy yams. And that'll uh, be for the next two nights. And let me see, it's four of us, so that'll, that'll feed eight plates, so that's enough. So we got it. Oh, honey. Hey, I just, I'm back. Hey, you mind <laughs> going back right to the here. store for me? I need to get some garlic. I need some garlic. Whew. Um, Jamie. Sorry, sorry, I was having a moment. <laughs> so you need me to Can go. Can you just get the garlic for me? You need me to go back and get the garlic? Yeah, I thought we had some. We didn't have enough. Okay. It's just a little bit left in there. So... I'm getting ready to go back. So is you sure this is yeah, all you need? Yeah, this is it. This is all I need. Nothing else That's you the need. last ingredient. Okay. I don't need nothing else. Just the garlic. Just the garlic. All right. I'll be back. Can you hurry back too? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Okay. See, we got it. Okay. Be tonight, we'll eat the spaghetti and the corn and the toast. And we'll have enough for tomorrow night. And... See, tomorrow night, I'll cook the cube steak and everything, and we'll have enough for the next two nights. And then they'll have to eat the spaghetti, I mean, the uh, pizza, order pizza, do something the other two nights. And then we'll just go out to eat on Sunday. That's what we'll do. Okay. Jamie, is that you coming in? Hey, I'm back. Okay. All right. Got you what got you it? need. Got it. Thank you right. so much. You're welcome. Here Thank you go. You. You're welcome. Hey, how you doing? Hey, girl, how you doing? Good, good. So you want the curls back in your hair again? I think I want it straight this time. You want to blow out? Yeah, I want it blowed out. Okay. All right. Hey, Sister Julia, how you doing today? Hey, Brother Jamie, oh, how you doing? Good, good. I didn't know you were coming in. Yeah, it's one of the last-minute appointments. Okay, getting your hair done? Yeah. Cool. All right. You got some more of them chocolate chip cookies? Oh, no, <laughs> not today, but um, can I fix you? I just got finished fixing breakfast. Can I fix you a plate, if you don't mind? I, sure, I'll take a plate. Cool. All right. You got some orange juice? I got, um, can, also, can I fix you an Arnold Palmer? You ever had one of them? Yeah, but not for breakfast, Brother Jamie. Okay, I'll get you some more juice. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll be back. So you like your hair? <laughs> Is it straight enough? <laughs> Is it straight enough? No, I think I'm going to wear it curly. You want to wear it curly? Yeah. Okay, you can wear it curly. Yeah, I like it, though. It's pretty. Oh, okay. You like the food, too? It was good? It yeah, was good. it was good. Okay. Well, I'll see you in the next time. Two weeks, right? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Hang on, Sister Julia. Um, did you like say you liked the breakfast? Yeah, it was good, Brother Jamie. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We love you. And um, I wanted to be a blessing to you today. And got a few steaks here for you and a few chickens, some um, pork chops and <laughs> Thank Some you, honey. Macaroni Kim just made and 
Um, just want to give you this and a few packs of sausages and and spaghetti and just. Okay, thank you. I, thank y'all yeah. so much. Oh, this is such a blessing. Give me. Thank you so much. All right, see you. See y'all later. Two weeks. Jamie? Yes. Um, you know, I cooked that spaghetti for us to eat off of for two days, right? Right. And there's like eight servings. So by you giving away the food, you know, we're going to be short. Just take a deep breath. All right. Do like just breathe in. Come on, breathe in. All right, breathe out. So just calm down, breathe in again. See, I mean, it's, God was leading me to bless her. So, I mean, I had to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, and being that we're on the food thing, um, you know, the mail lady, she came the other day and she put a bag in the, you know, the mailbox and they're doing like the food drive. So... I was going to get with you on that, being that we're talking about the food and everything. So I was going to see if you wanted to go through the cabinets and stuff and see if there's anything we could put in here. But, I mean, this bag is kind of small. So I was thinking, why not just get the big one? I mean, to see, let's just be a blessing. And But, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I understand your heart and everything, but is this what God telling you to do? Because, I mean, you know, I done went grocery shopping for the couple weeks, and this is what we have so we can eat off of. Is this what God is telling you to do? This is what he's telling me to do. So, I mean, it's we got to, you know, remember that it's not always about us. And, you know, we're supposed to put others before ourselves, right? And I know you're worried about the food and everything. You're talking about, you know, we're supposed to eat all the spaghetti for two days. and But um, that's, you know, that's already worked out because God said, you know, take no thought for your life. And, you know, so we're not supposed to be worried about what we're going to eat or, you know, what we're going to drink or whatever. And, you know, you know, li we're living unto the Lord. You know, in, in him we live and we move and we have our being. So, I mean, if we're you know, putting him first and everything, seeking him first and acknowledging him in all our ways, you know, he'll direct our paths. So, you know, everything's going to work out. We don't have to worry about that spaghetti or anything like that. Okay. Hang on, sweetie. It's, I just got this. Um. Wow, I just got this email. You're not going to believe this. What did it say? But the IRS... They, it seems like they made a mistake three years ago, and they're getting ready to bless us with three thousand dollars. It's Very coming in the mail. I mean, I just look at God how quick He moves. Yes, Isn't that awesome? I wasn't expecting that. That's a blessing. <laughs> so let's go empty out the cabinets. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs>
Okay, the setting is um, Thanksgiving. This is a special time for um, people and their families getting together. And so I'm going to just talk out, talk out some things, okay? Oh, hey, Lori. How you doing? Um, did you get those gift cards? You did? Oh, thank you. Because I was traveling behind Hardy's and I saw about five people that needed um, um, some Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Okay. And I, I went and I talked with them and they said they really would love it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You are so special. You always think of the needs of others. So I thank you. Okay. Thank you. You put them in the box. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to thank you again because the Lord said, give, and it shall be given back to you. Press down, um, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. With the measure you give, the measure you will get back. Thank you again so much. Who's next? Is that it? That's all the skits, right? Okay. To God be the glory for what we learned. Now tell me, dealing with Kim and Jamie's skit, what was in that skit? Giving, serving, exhortation. Okay. Okay, dealing with Jonas. What was in her skit? Giving. Okay. And exhortation. Okay, so we give God glory for what we have learned so far. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to wrap up the next two, but I'm going to go back over what we went over so far. Is that all right? I thank God for what he's doing. Amen? We talked about the different youngness. Well, we're going to talk about what a perceiver does, and you're going to understand where we're going, okay? When we look at the different type of gifts, I gave y'all the different types out of Romans 12, verse 3 through 8, Ephesians 4, 11, and 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. And this is talking about the different types of gifts. Um, we have the operational gifts. I call them operational gifts. You can call them motivational gifts. You can also call them the gifts of grace. I'm just giving you all three of these names because you may hear these names and you don't want to um, uh, not understand where people are coming from because some people say, no, they're operational. Some people say, no, they're motivational. Some people say they're gifts of grace. 
But in these operational gifts, um, we went over these, which was prophecy, which is a perceiver. And when we look at a perceiver, we know that that's a person that, what, hates sin. They call things black. They call things white. There's no in-between. There is no, what, gray areas. So when you look at a perceiver, they're going to just, how, how I say it, hit the nail right on the head. They're not going to be trying to, um, you know, sugarcoat anything. They're going to come right at you with what the word says. They're not going to back down on that, on the word of God. They hate sin. They hate evil. They're going to stand for what's right. Now, you're going to have some perceivers that some people might not want to perceive because when they go in with the word, they go in boldly. They go in ready to rebuke. They go in ready to tear down what's not right, um, you know, in the eyes of God. So that is a perceiver, and we say that is the eye of the body. And I gave you some characteristics dealing with a perceiver. I'm going to go over these quickly. One was sees everything as either black or white. There's no gray areas. Now I want to specify this. You may have some people that sound like a perceiver, but they may not be a perceiver. They may just be full of pride. So you got to know the difference. It's some people that's so full of pride, you can't tell them nothing. You telling them what the word is saying ain't what the word is saying. You know, so the Holy Spirit, he will let you know, you know, when you're standing before a perceiver, he'll let you know if you're standing before a person full of pride. The Holy Spirit, through discerning of spirits, he's going to let you know what spirit that is of. Everybody that's bold and out there don't mean that they're a perceiver. They called it um, prophecy in the word because they looked at it. It's like being a prophet. But just because you perceive it don't mean you're a prophet, but this is how they're looking at it. But one thing is they quickly and accurately identifies good and evil, good and evil and hates evil, easily perceives the characteristics of individuals and groups, encourage repentance that produce good fruit. I gave you John the Baptist. When he come in on the scene, he was talking to the Pharisees and he was telling them to bring forth fruit that's meant for repentance because he know that the way that they were presenting themselves, they were not presenting themselves in a way that they had um, repented. So John was just straightforward with them. And we come out of um, Matthew 3, verse 7 and 8. So you can look at John the Baptist and tell, um, and tell that he was a perceiver. He hated evil. He stood for what was right. He called it out when it was not right. Now, a perceiver is going to call it just like it is. You're not going to have a perceiver if they're in the word of God, if they're before God and they know God. They're not going to stand there and allow sin to be in the midst without counterreacting that sin. I see many people that say, I'm a prophet, but you're not counterreacting what God don't like. See, a prophet is not going to stand there and knowing the will of God is not done accordingly to his word and just let it go. A prophet on the inside is when something um, rise up in them and it's like a spiritual anger where they say, no, 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 that's not what the word said. I don't go for that. This is what the word says and they don't back off of that word. So I want to make sure the reason why I'm going back over this tonight is I don't want some people to pick up some of these motivational gifts and say, I knew that was me when you full of arrogance. Some of us might be a perceiver, but we might be full of arrogance or pride, and that could be 
um, making that gift seem as if that's not um, that gift on that person. So we have to really know through the help of the Holy Spirit um, what gift we do have, what grace gift that we have. And another thing, has only a few or no close friends. A perceiver that's always telling truth, that hates sin, people don't like being around them. They, they walk alone. People don't want to hear what they have to say. They see them coming, they're gone. They don't even welcome them because they know that they're going to tell them nothing but truth. Um, it's frank and outspoken. We meet a lot of people like that, huh? Grieves deeply over the sin of others. Is eager to see his own blind spots or hers before they see anybody else's. So see a perceiver, they're going to look at themselves before they look at anybody else. People that say they are perceivers and you don't see yourself, something is wrong. You can't always point fingers at anybody else. You have to stop and say, Lord, is it me? Lord, did I cause that um, to be the way it is? Or is it coming, you know, through someone else? So that's what a perceiver does. So we have to be um, careful to say that we walk in something that we don't actually walk in. We have some people walking in things that God didn't give them. Then we have some people running away from what God gave them. Why? Because they're thinking, I want to be more than just a server. You got to understand, God is the one that has given you this gift. God gives you this gift. He gives you this enablement, this ability to serve um, others with what he has given you. He gives you this ability so you can work as that function in the body of Christ. But you cannot do it outside of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it outside of knowing your function either. So you got to know what your function is. And if we know our function, we won't get upset um, with other people and their function because we know what we're supposed to do. Now, we talked about Jesus operating as a perceiver. That was Matthew 21. That's showing Jesus as being a perceiver. Also, um, we're going to talk about, we talked about the serving gift, which is also called the gifts of help. They are concerned with serving and meeting the needs of others. Remember, we say that a server always is asking, what can I do? Or they'll be in the background. They're just trying to meet the needs of others in whatever capacity they can meet that need. We look at the deacons, their service. We look at the ushers, their service. We look at um, the kitchen, you know, their, their service. They're trying to meet, meet the needs. Wherever a person is serving, trying to meet the needs of others, um, that's a server. Easily recognize practical needs and is quick to meet them. A server, you don't have to tell them, can I get your help? They're right there to help you. This is why you have to know your gift. If you're always eager to help, you're going to move right in and help without anybody asking you. All of us supposed to be like this in the body of Christ, but you're going to recognize those servers because a server, they're going to move right in. Nobody have to ask them. Before you even ask, they're over there doing it already. So you're going to recognize a server. They want to meet the needs of others. They want to serve in whatever capacity they can serve in. Some servers will get on your nerves because they're always trying to, can I help? Can I help? No. Got this. Can I help? Can I help? I'll do this. No. Sit down. No. Can I help? Can I help? That's what a server does. You don't have to beg them to do anything. With these gifts, you do not have to beg nobody to do anything they're going to function in these gifts and they're going to function them in, in them well so that's what a server do i'm not going to go over everything that we went over before but we also went over um matthew 20 28 that's jesus as a server 
Um, you can put that down if you didn't get it before. Matthew 20, 28. That's Jesus as a server. And we know that a server, we looked at perceivers, the eye of the body, the servers, the hand of the body. And what I'm doing, I'm just showing you the body and where these functions fit with dealing with the human body. Perceivers, the eye, the servers, the hands, because they use the, their hands to do whatever they need in the body of Christ. And then we also go to the mind of the body, which is the teacher. And y'all know the teacher is one who teaches God's word with understanding. A good teacher is the teacher that breaks down that word. It's like a dissecting a frog. They're going to make sure that everything that they're saying is correct. They're going to do their research. They're not just going to take one scripture. They're going to make sure that that scripture is coinciding with, with another scripture. They're just not going to give you something that they haven't got illumination and revelation on. And we know that Jesus was a good teacher. And you can go to Matthew 5 through Matthew 7, and you can see how Jesus taught his disciples. He taught well. Acts 13, you can see that they had teachers in the midst of the body of Christ. So we see a teacher. Then we get to um, exhorter. That's the mouth of the body. They bring edification and they encourage other people. Characteristics of an exhorter love to encourage others. Um, loves working with people, encourage others to develop in their ministry. And an encourager, when somebody is down and out or feeling like, you know, I can't do this, I'm not doing what I need to do in the church, an encourager will go in and they encourage them and let them know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, you could do all things through Christ which strengthen you. So an encourager is going to go in there and they're going to encourage that person. You can find that in Acts 11, 22 through 24. This is dealing with Barnabas. When Barnabas um, knew that the people had accepted um, salvation, then he went in there and he been, began to encourage them even the more in their faith. And Acts 13, 15 is dealing with encouragement and it's coming through Paul. So we have encouragers in the body of Christ. Um, also, we dealt with the arm and the body, the strength and the might, which is the giver. A giver is someone in the body of Christ who shares material assistance and keeps the specific needs provided for. So we have givers in the body of Christ. A giver is one that gives, and you don't even have to tell them to give. It's just, it's just that gift that's in operation in them that's manifesting itself through the church. Sometimes things may not be going on in the church, and they may come up to us and say, you know, God has put this on my heart. I'm going to sow this into the ministry. And a giver is one, too, that knows... Um, what giving does in the body of Christ. Any giver is not going to be um, given out of grudgingly or out of necessity. A, a good giver is just going to give, and they, their flesh is not going to be cringing giving either because it don't matter if they don't have um, things in their own house. They're still willing to give outside of what they don't have. That's when you know good givers. You don't have to keep coaching a giver. A giver is going to give outside of their need to meet the need of others. A giver, when, when projects come up or whatever need to be done, they're going to be the first one to say, we got this. I'll give you the first 500. Knowing I don't know where it's coming from, but I know I'm going to be the giver of that 500. We still should have givers even though you don't have that gift. You still should be a giver in the body of Christ according to the word. But a giver is not going to give grudgingly out of necessity, and none of us should. But that giver is going to be the first one to step up to the plate and say, 
I got this. We got this. You know, they're going to be an exhorter too because anybody that gives should be encouraging others to give, right? Anybody that serves should be encouraging others to serve. Anybody that's a perceiver should be encouraging those perceivers to be perceivers. Whatever your motivational gift is, you should be encouraging someone else to have that, that have that gift. Because everybody who start out with these gifts, y'all, they don't start out strong. Why? Because some people haven't accepted what they have yet. Some people don't even know what they have. And they're in somebody else's lane, and they're feeling like something is missing. It's just feel like I'm not, something's just pulling on me. I'm not getting what I need to get where I am. That's because you might be in the wrong function. When you know your function and you accept that function, then that's when the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest through you to do what you need to do in that function that you're in because all of us make up that body. So we see that's the arm in the body. And like I said, they're going to give freely. We have Exodus um, 17, 11 through 13. We talked about how Moses, when his arms were held up, through the two people that were holding up his arms. They were there holding up Moses' arms because when the arms went down, the battle was lost. But as long as those arms were held up, um, Joshua was winning the battle. What am I saying? A giver in the body of Christ is going to hold up the arms of me and my husband that whatever God is saying that's needed in this body, God have givers so our arms won't be you know, down and we be down and out because these things are not met. Amen. So the giver is going to be in there to give wherever it's needed to be given. And then Acts 4, 36 through 37, Higo Bonimus again, he, he was a giver. He gave land. So the next ones I want to talk about is the shoulders of the body. That's the administrator, the ruler. This gift is to guide and oversee the various activities of the church to guide and to oversee the various activities of the church. How many know when somebody get on your shoulder, what do you feel? You feel that weight, you feel that. So when you look at a ministrator, they're carrying, you know, the things that are in the church to make sure those things are functioning the way that they need to function. They're overseeing everything in the church to make sure it's running like it needs to run. And you're going to know a good administrator. Now, these are the characteristics of an administrator. It's highly motivated to organize that for which he is responsible or she's responsible. It's highly motivated to organize that for which he or she is responsible. Prefers to be under authority in order to have authority. When you look at administrators or rulers, they prefer to be under authority in order to have authority. They know how things are supposed to be. Will not take responsibility unless delegated by those in authority. A good administrator knows what they're supposed to do. Whatever they do is delegated to them to do. So they're not going to go over the head of the one that God put over them. So we look at, we'll assume responsibilities if no specific leadership exists. So a good administrator, if we don't have a leader in that capacity, they will go in there and assume that responsibility to make sure that that is going to get done. Enjoys working with and being around people. 
easily facilitate resources and people to accomplish tasks or goals. So what they do, they make sure that people are in the right place to accomplish the task or the goal that need to be accomplished. They make sure everything is set in place the way it needs to. An administrator is organized. They don't like to have things out of order or out of place. Everything has to be in its proper place. Enjoys delegating tasks and supervising people. Has great zeal and enthusiasm for whatever he or she is involved in. Continually writes notes to self. A good administrator is always writing a note to remind them of something that needs to be done. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit. Does not enjoy, well, I'll leave that one off. Well, <laughs> I'll put it in. Does not enjoy doing routine tasks. Does not enjoy doing, a routine task is something that's constantly done over and over again. An administrator loves to keep things moving. You know, they don't like sitting still. Most They love to keep things moving. So you may see an administrator looking like my husband. My husband, he loved to keep things moving. He loved to organize people. I'll give you something on him. Before my husband um, started doing, being an administrator here, um, we was at the house, and he needed help moving a piano. So my husband, before he called my dad in to help him with the piano, he had already done figured out how to get it out the house, which way to turn it, what to do with it, everything. He already got it done. So by the time daddy got there, it was funny. He telling them to do this and how to do that and how to do that. My daddy said, listen here, you'll make a preacher man curse. Because he wanted it to be so organized. He wanted it to be a certain way of doing things. And if, if y'all notice with my husband, he'll make sure things are right on point. Got to be this way. Got to be that way. Did you do this right here? He makes sure everything is on point. When he's fixing something, y'all, thank you, Jesus. He have to step back and make sure he, he think about what he's doing before he does it. Me, like I told you, I see where I want the picture. Boom. Hang it. He do all like this right here. He look at it. He take the time and look at it. Then he say, hey, bring me that measuring thing. He'll go measure it. Then he'll mock. Then he'll go back like that right there and look at it again. He's so like that. That's what an administrator do. They want to make sure things run efficiently in the way that they need to run. And if anything gets out of line, it, is, it irritates them. Because they said, that ain't what I told you to do. And I remember one time I told my husband, I said, listen here, this is what I learned. Everybody ain't going to do it like you. They're not. Y'all got to understand, everybody have a different way of doing, but it's not going to be exactly like you do it. Do everybody write the same? No. Do everybody talk the same? No. So if, if we have two administrators in this church, guess what? They are administrators, but this administrator may do it this way, but it's done. This administrator may do it this way, but it's done. But when they come together, they're meeting a the task at hand, right? So we have to understand that we don't want no conflict in the body of Christ. So an administrator, he's a ruler. He's a ruler? That's where it comes from, a ruler? <laughs> a ruler? He's going to show you how to do it and how it needs to be done. He or she is going to show you the way it needs to be um, 
organized. The next gift is mercy and compassion. Having compassion on the weak, suffering, and afflicted. Let me give you the administrative um, scriptures. Genesis 37, 5 through 7. Y'all know who that was. That was um, Joseph when he told them that he was going to be ruler over them, right? That was Joseph. Acts 6, 3 through 4. That's when um, the apostles were saying getting people, um, delegate people to uh, be waiting on the uh, widows. So they was organizing. They were um, administrative getting all that done. So let's look at the characteristics of mercy. Always showing love. Always look for good in people. Is attracted to people who are hurting or in distress. Takes action to remove hurts and relieves distress in others. Is motivated to help people have right relationships with one another. Takes care with words and actions to avoiding hurting others. I want to say that again. A person that shows compassion before they speak, let me tell you, all of us come from different mamas and daddies, right? All of us were not raised the same. You have some people that was raised like thugs, as may I say. You have some people that was raised just like little puppies. You have different set of people that were raised differently. Somebody may say something to me and don't affect me. Somebody may say something to Teresa and Teresa start crying all of a sudden. I'm like, what in the world wrong with you? People have to understand who they're dealing with at a particular time. So a person that shows mercy and compassion, they're not going to talk to everybody the same way because they know that certain people cannot take certain things like most people. So the love and compassion that they show, they're going to think about who they're dealing with before they deal with them, and they're going to know how to come at them in love. There is some tough love that some people give out because it's some hardcore folk, and they don't get it like, baby, it's a, don't tell me, baby, it's okay. See, a thug like that, you have to say, listen him. <laughs> They'll receive you. No joke. No joke. They will receive you because they're used to that. And they'll say, oh, I knew you loved me. Tough love. But you got a little lamb that's always feeble and afraid. Baby, it's okay. God is with you. God loves you. He'll never leave you. They'll be like, thank you so much. Tell a thuggish person that. They'll curse you out. It's the same word. Don't get me wrong. It's just what I'm saying. You got to know how to deal with who you're dealing with. And the word, when you come with the word, the word will cut through that thug. Don't get me wrong. The word always works outside of anything. But what I'm saying is you got to know how to deal with that person. A person with love and compassion, they're going to come in with that love and compassion that a perceiver might not come in with. Perceiver just going to say, the Bible said. Thou shall not commit adultery. That's just how it is. A person with compassion is going to come in and say, yes, baby, that's what the Bible says. Thou shall not. God loves you anyway. And the perceiver is going to say, I didn't say he didn't love you. I'm just telling you don't go do it no more. That's what a perceiver does. But we're supposed to come in love and whatever we do, but you're going to find a person that's in that mercy and compassion gift. You're going to see more of that coming flowing out of that person is not because we as individuals don't love people, but there's a gift of mercy and compassion. So out of all these gifts, we look at Luke 10, 
30 through 37 that's talking about the Good Samaritan. Y'all know what happened with the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, 30 through 37, I tell you about the gift of compassion. Now, what I want to do is wrap all of this up. Y'all, it's not going to be a big, big test. It's just going to be enough to know where you've been. Amen. The definition of spiritual gifts. If you catch this, you might catch the test. Definition of spiritual gifts. Special God empowerment abilities that God gives to each follower of Jesus Christ in order to equip them to serve him. Special God empowered abilities that God gives to each follower of Jesus Christ in order to equip them to serve him. That's what the spiritual gifts, the definition. Where are the gifts found in the Bible? The ones we've been talking about is Romans 12, 3 through 8. That's where they're found. What are these gifts called in Romans 12, 3 through 8? Some call them motivational, some call them operational, and some call them gifts of grace. They got three names behind them. Motivational gifts, operational gifts, or gifts of grace. We went over the seven. Perceiver, which is prophecy, server slash helper, teacher, exalter, giver, administrator slash ruler, mercy slash compassion. Those are the seven. Who is the giver of these gifts? God. Understand that he is the giver of the gifts. Nobody can give you these gifts. God is the giver of the gifts. Why am I saying this? The reason why I'm saying this, I can't give you something that God's already given you. If I say, Jamie, you are a giver. That is because through the help of the Holy Spirit, through seeing Jamie lifestyle, I know he's operating as a giver because he's always trying to give away something in their house. That's just him. That's just that gift being stirred up in Jamie. Do we knock down that gift because that's what he do? No, we don't knock down that gift. But God gave him that gift. That gift did not just start operating when he got saved. Jamie had to be doing this before he got saved. But once he got saved, guess what? God allowed the manifestation through the manifestation gifts to come upon Jamie to help him with this endowment, this ability. The gifts are the endowment, the ability that comes from grace, from God's grace. God gives us unmerited, undeserved, unearned grace. That means that's something that we didn't have to work for. So God is the giver of these gifts. That's why they're called gifts of grace, because they're coming from God, and we didn't have to do nothing to get them. So we look at 1 Corinthians 12, 18, and that tells us about God has, let me read it. If each part of the body were the same part, there would be no body. But as it is, God put the parts in the body as he wanted them. He made a place for each one. So God is the one that put the part in the body that's needed for that body. Do y'all recognize that Miracle Temple should have all of this in operation? And if it's not in operation, it's because people don't know the gift, or people have the gift, and they're trying to operate in another gift, or people are fearful of the gift because 
how can I put it? There's a stronghold there. I'll give you a giver again. Let's say Jamie is a giver. And Jamie is compelled to give. Every time you turn around, Jamie want to give. But let's say there's a fear with Jamie giving. Jamie say, I want to give, but if I give, it ain't going to be enough. So Jamie holds back because he got a fear of operating in what God has given him. In order for him to operate fully, that stronghold of fear dealing with giving have to be uprooted that's stopping him from doing what God has called him to do. He know deep down inside when he see needs, he want to go supply those needs. But he's getting pulled and tugged back because he got a fear if I give to them, my house is going to lack. So see, dealing with these motivational gifts, there could be a fear in in, in areas that we don't move like we should move a server. A server want to help people, but a server may be intimidated where they're feeling like, you know, I don't fit in. I want to do it, but I don't fit in. I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't fit in. I don't feel needed. There's rejection there. So if rejection ain't dealt with, the server cannot serve the way the server want to serve, even though that's that gift. So I can tell you all day long, I can tell Kwana all day long, baby, God has called you to this. This is what you're supposed to do. And Kwana can say, I understand what you're saying, but it seems as if I'm not qualified to do it. See, if she don't have faith in what God has given her, that ability is not going to operate the way it needs to. And this is what the enemy is doing. He's stopping some of y'all from operating in these gifts because you got a fear either of lack, you got a fear of you're not qualified, I can't do that. God already qualified you. He's already given you what you need. Or it could be like, I don't think I want to be a server. I don't want to be a giver. I want to be a perceiver. I want to call it like it is. You out there calling it like it is and nobody paying you no attention because God ain't anointing that. The manifestation of um, what God give you for you to operate in that. God said that ain't you. So I'm not going to give you that manifestation in order to move in that area because that's not your area. So that's why you got to stay in your lane. But we need to understand what's stopping us from operating in these gifts. First and foremost, God is the one that gives them, not me. If you wait on me to say, this is what you're supposed to do. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. My job, first and foremost, is to teach. I have to let you know, this is why we have to have disciples, for disciples to be taught the word of God. Once you're taught and you get into your word, guess what? You're going to begin to know where that gift is, and God's going to allow me to put you where you need to be, but you should already be functioning where you're supposed to be. And then that way it won't be so much mess going on in the body of Christ. The more you spend time with him, nobody going to have to tell you what function you have because you're going to walk right into it without any um, stuff going on. You're going to be able to, now don't get me wrong. I ain't going to sit up here and let you stand up here and preach and do all this stuff. No, because if you're not fully developed in what you're supposed to do, then no, you're not ready to do it. You got to get fully developed in the gift that you're supposed to be in. So we see that God give us these gifts. Do you need to know your gift to function in the body of Christ? Yes. According to 1 Peter, what? 4.10. You got to know your gift in order to function. Do these gifts bring glory to God? Yes, they do. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Everything we do should bring who glory? 
Are we faithful over what God has given us? Yes, according to 1 Corinthians 4.2. Were these gifts given before we were born? Yes, according to Psalms 139.13-16 and Jeremiah 1.5 is another uh, scripture reference. These are the motivational gifts, the operational gifts, the gifts of, of grace. I advise you, go back through these gifts, go back through the characteristics, and if you know that you're one of these gifts, then guess what? You'll be functioning in it, in the body of Christ. Nobody don't have to tell you your function. You're going to know your function. If we got exalters, exalters going to come in when they need to. The ones that show mercy, they're going to come in when they need to. Everybody's going to function in the way that God will have them to function without anybody telling you how you should function. I'm talking about the motivational gifts, not the ministry gifts. Remember, I'm not going to let somebody come in here. I'm an apostle. I'm going to tell you what you're going to. I'm going to set up. No, we don't do it like that. But these motivational gifts should already be in operation in the body of Christ. So if you unsure of your gift, go back through the characteristics I gave you. And a person going to be steady in it too. Ain't going to be no in and out. I don't like to serve. Anything you do, you're going to have a compassion for it. You're going to have a desire for it. It's going to make you feel so good when you're doing it. You get joy when you're doing it. Some people ask me, how do you do what you do? Because that's the grace that God has given me to do it. Do I get frustrated? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But what I do, I encourage myself <laughs> like David. Sometimes you don't get exhorters to, um, you know, encourage you. You don't get people sometimes to serve the way they need to serve. But that's why God raised me up, y'all, in all these motivational gifts so I'll know how they are. So when I see them, I'll know where people are supposed to fit. So don't be discouraged because all of us in the body of Christ have a function. Know your function and get out of somebody else's function. The enemy got people blinded thinking they're supposed to be something that they're not. God is not going to give you something that you don't supposed to have. So know your function. Amen. And we will have a test next week. Do we have anybody um, want to say anything dealing with these gifts? Oh, mercy. Oh, I didn't give you that one. The heart. I'm sorry. Mercy is the heart. Did anybody see their function when we went through these gifts? Okay. Everybody saw their function or just a few? Kwana, what's your function? Okay. Who else? Jennifer? Okay, exhorter and, and mercy. No other function. Okay. Gloria? Say that again. Okay, anybody else? Qualter? Okay, anybody else? Brother Willie? All right, mercy, giver, and server. Anybody else? Calvin? Server. Anybody else? I know somebody else done saw it. Kathy? 
Okay. Anybody else? Jennifer? Admin. Okay. Now, if you saw these gifts, then other people are supposed to see them as well. And if you're not functioning in these gifts the way you need to, you need more development in that gift. And you get developed through the word of God. And if you're getting developed through the word of God and you're still not functioning in that gift, then maybe it's not your gift. Because you're going to be steady, steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the works of the Lord. No matter when trouble comes, you're not going to just drop what God gave you because somebody hates you. It don't work like that. Whatever gift you have, that gift is still going to be in operation. No matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be, you're still going to function in that gift. Anybody else? Shirley? Okay, amen. So we're going to know our functions, y'all. And that's what we're going to be doing in the body of Christ. And think about it. If we got all these servers, if we got all these perceivers, if we got all the ones that show mercy, I didn't hear much with givers. Did anybody? I believe that's a stronghold. I'm being out. I see what I'm saying? See, the Lord doesn't hit the nail right on the head. Nobody wants to say giver. Are y'all scared of? Well, see, if you were a giver, I don't have to ask. Willie did. You, he did. But you didn't say it, and I was waiting on it. See there? See what I'm saying? See, a giver is going to give. They're going to be well-rounded. It's going to be money. It's going to be club. They ain't going to be stingy nowhere, no matter what it is. See, some people say it may be in one area. Okay, so I'll use this for an example. Let's say Jennifer, she, yeah, givers can come together in different areas, but a giver is going to always be there to meet a need. Not when they feel like, okay, I'll give it like this. Let's say I'm a giver, but I'm only giving you what's in my closet. You ain't getting my money. Is that a giver? A giver is going to give no matter what, Right? But the body of Christ as givers, Jennifer may give shoes, I may give money, Sister Denise may give time, it'll be all over the body of Christ. But a giver is willing to give it all. That's what I'm saying. You ain't going to have a problem with a giver. They're always there holding up the arms. What can I do? How can I do it? You know, this is what I want to do. Do you need more? Givers don't do this. Or when you ask for money, they don't feel like they're about to die inside because you don't ask for a dollar. Or they think about what they got to pay before they give it. A giver just throw it out there. Do we have any givers? <laughs> Where they at? <laughs> Jesus, I know they're in this house. <laughs> I know they're in this house, y'all. I ain't being funny. They're in this house. We got to root up some stuff. That's all. Don't, don't be, you just, things just need to be rooted up where the enemy is holding you and giving you a fear of, if I do this, I won't have this. Come on, we, we all get like that sometimes. But when we're trusting God, the Holy Spirit will come in and he will give us what we need to do what we need to do, won't he? Amen. 
Okay, do we have any announcements?